Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, week four is just about in the books as we await Monday Night Football. But in the meantime, we welcome you to the Fantasy Football Today Road Tour presented by Little Caesars. Pizza for dinner tonight. How about ordering your favorite online from Little Caesars and using Pizza Portal Pickup? It's the latest, greatest, and hottest way to pick up a pizza without even going to the register. I'm Adam Azer. In a little bit, we'll be joined by Chris Towers and Will Brinson. We'll get some advanced stats. We'll get some buy or sell. We'll talk fantasy football and try to read your emails. Uh, Right now, though, let's look at those injuries. All right. We got Dr. David Chow here. Welcome back to the show, Doc. How was your weekend? I'm doing fine. Weekend was good. Uh, did a little traveling, but all good. All right. Well, well welcome back. Um, Devontae Adams is turf toe. Let's start with him. We'll ask you about A.J. Green as well. We got a report that he won't play, not expected to play for the next two weeks. But what about Devontae Adams? Can fantasy owners get Devontae Adams back this week? I think it's going to be very difficult. I mean, look, uh, I'm sure he wanted to stay in that game for the last two series. Uh, they were key. He was killing the Eagles, obviously, with a career-high 180 yards, and uh, they needed him at the end, but he just couldn't do it. The turf toe is a big deal. That's what I talk about on uh, the website and uh, profootballdoc.com and even at the Twitter handle. Uh, the big toe is for push-off, and he just couldn't do it. It's good news that there's nothing torn. I mean, sometimes turf toes are as bad to need surgery and end seasons. It's not that bad, even though it's, quote, mild. Uh, that's something that's going to hamper him. And look, if for some reason he is able to play, he isn't going to be very effective this coming week. Uh, I said from the beginning, I thought it would be a multi-week absence. It seems like multi-weeks looks like it's closer to 2-3 rather than 4-6, but he's still going to miss a little bit of time, I think. Okay, we'll be certainly looking to pick up Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. They're at Dallas this week. By the way, uh, he mentioned the Twitter handle, at ProFootballDoc. Follow Dr. Chow at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. A.J. Green. So the uh, the ankle injury before the season starts, and now we get a report from Adam Schefter that he's going to miss the next, not expected to play either of the next two weeks. So that's six games at least. Are you surprised it's taking this long for A.J. Green to get back? Well, you know, I was surprised at the initial estimate saying that maybe week week two he would be back. Uh, I always thought it would be longer than that. Um, So I guess I'm not shocked, and especially when uh, even a couple weeks ago he was still in a boot. That's when I said he's not playing the month of September. Uh, This is going into October, and that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, hopefully he can make week six. Obviously, the Bengals will kick himself that they maybe should have used injured reserve uh, on him if he's going to miss as much as eight. I don't think so. I think A.J. Green, at this point, uh, the target is to play late October. 
uh, mid to late October, and I think he could make that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's not going to be September at all. Okay, let's look at a quarterback, and we, we talk about um, Mitchell Trubisky here. He leaves with uh-huh. a shoulder injury, and what did you make of the report today? A dislocated shoulder and a slightly torn labrum, is that right? Yeah, that's uh, exactly uh, not trying to plug the website. It is free, by the way. That's what we said at the website in-game uh, uh, before uh, there was even any report uh, about shoulder or anything. Left shoulder dislocation, if your listeners are curious. I'll talk about it, about it again on my podcast later today. But if you, I go through a video on that website where I say this is why he dislocated his shoulder. This is what he has. And this is when he might come back. And it's all fitting, which is good news. His season is not over. He still may have surgery after the season. He'll wear a harness or a strap. I don't see him playing in London uh, this coming week. Uh, then the Bears have a bye. And then I think it's very real- realistic and quite honestly expected that Trubisky would play against the Saints in week seven. Really? Okay. So that's not so bad. I would have thought longer. So you you saw the injury and, and sort of felt like you knew what it was? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at the pictures, but better yet, just go to the video. Uh, it's the second one up there about Trubisky at profootballdoc.com. There's no credit card required. You just put in an email and, and create your password, and you can log in and get all the information, the injury index stuff that we've talked about here and otherwise. But, yeah, that video, we put that up before uh, – well before halftime, I only think I think it was during the first quarter of the game in terms of what we were thinking, et cetera. Uh, that one was pretty clear on video, the way he fell on an outstretched arm. And uh, thankfully, the news is on the good side. I always like to deliver. I always like to quote, be right when it's delivering relatively good news. <laughs> that is good news for sure. So we have three concussions that we're dealing with now. Josh Allen, Jarvis Landry, TJ Hawkinson, all in the concussion protocol. And when you watch the the tape of what happens, is there any way to, to guess a timetable when you're dealing with concussions? Very hard to guess timetable when you're dealing with concussions. Uh, I always say concussions are like snowflakes. No two are the same. Literally, you can have a concussion with lots of symptoms, but getting better very quickly or one with no symptoms that don't even show up for a day or two and then get worse and linger right and a lot in between so it's very hard to say but i can say that in general uh, it's become more and more unusual not unheard of but more and more unusual to get a concussion on sunday and play the next sunday and so when you're looking at some of these guys including josh allen that means they're not chances are that uh, either at most one of the three that got concussed, uh, only one of the three might play, more likely none of the three. Okay, that's Josh Allen, Jarvis Landry, and TJ Hawkinson. Detroit does have a bye, so that's a good thing for Hawkinson. Um, I guess we'll just wait and see. And then Dr. Chow, the last injury I wanted to ask you about was Marlon Mack, who left with an ankle injury, and he's at Kansas City this week, and then they get a bye. So we're either going to see Mack... This week, this upcoming week, week five, or we're not going to see him until week seven because of the bye. Uh, Any expectation for Marlon Mack? Well, I have to go back and look at the video. I didn't actually see that in real time in terms of how he injured his ankle. So uh, 
Uh, I don't have a complete answer for him, but yeah, the buy definitely comes into play when, when teams are making medical decisions. For example, teammate T.Y. Hilton, obviously the Colts struggled and, and uh, through the injury index we talked about, uh, it's unusual, right, that a team's four best players weren't suited up and, and it kind of showed against the Raiders, right? I mean, Andrew Luck obviously retired, T.Y. Hilton was out, and on the defensive side, Darius Leonard and uh, Malik Hooker. Uh, being out and uh, T.Y. Hilton with his quad injury I think it's probably likely that he sits one more week to take full advantage of the bye week coming up and really be fully healthy going forward and we'll see how that decision comes into play with the bye with Marlon Mack as well. Okay, that's Dr. David Chow. He is at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. Go to ProFootballDoc.com and sign up. Again, like he said, you don't have no credit card required. Just submit an email address. And thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Let's take a quick break on Fantasy Football today. Chris and Will, when we come back. All right, it is Monday, so that means we're, we're talking to Chris and Will. And we're all in different locations, and Will is so important, he couldn't even be by a computer for this. He's on his cell phone. Is that right, Will? How are you? Well, that is correct. I just won a uh, charity golf tournament, Ooh. so I'm very excited about that. Uh, I play in this every year. It's for uh, to benefit the foundation, and uh, what? really what? thrilled to have won that. Yeah, that's right. You heard that. Right. <laughs> I did? So I, I was going to make a joke that Will was big-timing us, and it turns out it wasn't a joke. You really, you're, you're too <laughs> good for the podcast. No, 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 no. I, uh, I just, I told Ben... <laughs> I told Ben, I said, look, I was like, I don't want to miss it for the world. I was like, I'm worried that I won't be back home by three o'clock. So I may have to do it from my phone. And because Apple decided to get rid of uh, standard earbuds and plugs, um, I, my wife left the wrong earbuds out. I grabbed the wrong ones. And uh, here we are. I'm yelling on speaker as I drive home. You know what? Don't worry about it. You sound good. We're excited to talk to you, Chris. Good weekend. How are you, man? Good. Great. Wonderful. I'm great, Adam. Good. We can do this podcast together next week mm, chris is moving to new york next week he won't be on but after what? that we can do it together i'm yeah. gonna be i'm gonna be in new york next week <gasps> wow we can all do it in the same room super team assemble all right cool let's do it not gonna happen i'm not leaving my place okay so will is going to tell us two players he's buying two players he's selling then chris is going to give us some give us some fun stats going to try to read your emails at fantasy football at cbsi.com. I'm going to tell you the amazing revelation that I made about the movie Revenge of the Nerds and how it relates to another 80s classic. But first, Matthew Stafford is a buy. That Will is buying Matthew Stafford. Just had 28 fantasy points and six points for passing touchdown leagues against the Chiefs. Uh, that gives him on the season 33 points at Arizona, 18 against the Chargers, 14 at Philadelphia, 28 against the Chiefs. And he had been before last season when he played with a broken back a top 10 quarterback in six of seven, in, I think six straight seasons, actually. Um, but usually more like, uh, you know, around eight to 10. So anyway, you're buying Matthew Stafford, Will. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm buying Matthew Stafford as being back in that eight to 10 range and a guy that should be owned in all leagues, you know, given all the things that have happened at quarterback with Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. I think you should be starting Matthew Stafford. The defense for the Lions is good, so that's a little bit of a downside. But they just can't really get the running game with Kerryon Johnson going. They've had all these injuries on the offensive line. And, and Stafford is, he's just, I mean, like, you watch the games and watch the tape and, and look at the way he's playing. 
and he and he was hurt. I mean, he was he was on the inj- you know he was on the injury report with a uh, a hip injury and was questionable before this game, and he played awesome. He's winging the ball down the field. Kenny Galladay's emerged as a true number one wide receiver. Marvin Jones is is an underrated guy. T.J. Hawkinson, of course, hurt now. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to miss too much time. I you know I crossing the fingers there. Took a took a rough shot when he when he tried to hurdle some guys. Uh, but Carryon Johnson's a reasonable receiving back, and I, I think this offense is going to do enough to make Matthew Stafford fantasy relevant week in and week out. Hmm. Well, I, it's not that I disagree. I just I don't like the next three weeks, which are a bye, obviously. And then at Green Bay, who was terrible against uh, against Philadelphia, but previously very good. And then Minnesota. So I, I kind of felt like I felt kind of felt like I was going to have to drop Matthew Stafford because I didn't know if I was going to use him for the next three weeks. A bye at Green Bay and home against Minnesota. And it's potentially worth noting that they weren't that bad against Philadelphia in the passing game. I know Carson Wentz had three touchdowns, which is pretty bad, but he had like 161 yards or 160 yards on 27 attempts. That's not particularly great. So they were at least decent against Philadelphia in that game against the pass. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like, I see oh, both no, sides Green Bay's, of pa- Green Bay's pass defense is good. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to hold on to Matthew Stafford in like, you know, like and clutch him tightly to your chest on your fantasy team. And if you have other options, like you don't want to start him on his buy, obviously, and you probably don't want to start him in those matchups. But I think that people who have him now are probably going to drop him because of the buy or because of those matchups, and it would be behoove people to grab him uh, once he's available and save him for the stretch run. Giants in Week Eight, Raiders in Week Nine. That's pretty. Mm. That's very good. Yes, uh, the stretch run. You know, I'm going to talk about more about this later in the week, probably on Wednesday. But I think as it relates to Kenny Galladay, if you don't count Week 17, you look at three of their last four games. You're talking about the Bears, the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Denver Broncos. And that could be really bad for Galladay. That's a topic for another show. The other buy for Will is Chris Carson, who had 22 carries, 104 yards, four catches, 41 yards. Again, no Rashad Penny, who is expected to play on this short week against the Rams. I'm actually going to throw it to Chris. Chris, are you buying Chris Carson, um, who did not fumble? That was good against the Cardinals. Had a very good game. Yeah, I had Chris Carson as a winner for week four, my winners and losers column on Sunday night. And... You know, with Pete Carroll, he spent the whole week talking up Chris Carson, how much they still believe in him, how much they, they're they not worried about it. They don't think it's going to be an issue moving forward. The fumbles in the first three games. And usually Pete Carroll just says the most positive thing possible about every player because that's just who he is. He's a sunshine and rainbows kind of guy. But he actually wasn't lying this time, which is nice to see because, yeah, Chris Carson played 76% of the snaps, got... Most of the work at, at, in the running game, they really do seem to uh, seem to believe in him. And, you know, there was some concern after last week that maybe there would be the door coming open for Rashad Penny when he got back. But that doesn't seem to be the case yet. Yeah, I think I would still want to add Rashad Penny if he's available. Um, you know, don't like I don't think you I would be I don't know if he's going to play this week. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a short week, Thursday game. Uh, you know that they want to make sure that he's fully healthy. I think before they put him back in there, so you might be able to get away with letting him sit out there one more week. I just think what you saw from the Seahawks was uh, it was a hey, listen, Chris, you've had a bad three weeks. We're going to give you one more shot here. Go out there, run your tail off, don't drop the ball, play well in the passing game, 
and he did everything they could possibly ask for him. He ran, he ran with his hair on fire. He ran, he ran like a guy who thought he might lose his job if he didn't run well. And so I, I think they will probably lean on him going forward. I would expect that he's the, the back of note for, for this Thursday game. And, and you know, it's, look, the Rams, uh, Rams just got carved up. It's a pretty, pretty decent matchup. So uh, I would want to be buying Chris Carson. I think a lot of people were panicked uh, after the first three weeks of the season. I don't know if they're willing to sell, you know, sell high after that, after that game, but I, I would be interested in buying him because I think the Seahawks will lean on him as their feature back. I was trying to buy Carson this week. It didn't work. Uh, I was trying to buy him and Penny, the owner in that league, had both of them. It's not a bad idea. You know, they're, they're going to run the ball a lot, that's for sure, but Carson with, uh, with a good game against the Cardinals. All right, let's do the sells now. Jared Goff, 517 passing yards and only 24 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues in a loss to the Buccaneers that was, according to NFL Red Zone, the 13th highest scoring game of all time. And he's again, he's got the short week now at Seattle. Not typically very good on the road. You are selling Jared Goff right now, who was started in 83% of leagues in week four. Uh, Will? I think there's a very good argument that that was the single worst 500-yard passing game in NFL history. Uh, he certainly had the lowest yards per attempt in NFL history for a 500-yard yard passing game. Uh, only three guys have thrown for 500 and gone under eight yards per attempt. And Jared Goff is the lowest. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers have also done it, if you're, if you're interested in such minutia. Uh, he fumbled multiple times. Uh, one, only one of them was lost. Three interceptions. He, and he, and I, I think the, the, real, the real thing that was lost in this, guys, 68 attempts, right? He was missing everybody. He could not hit the broads out of a barn. And, and you know, a lot of those touchdowns were yak. And so I, I just don't know that golf is in a comfortable place right now. And I'm just not willing uh, to to get on board with golf as a guy that I'm all in on, you know, given, you know, the expectations. I get 500 yards is awesome. But that's a game that had 90 points involved. It's just not going to happen very often. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I feel the same way about golf as I do about Gurley. It's like, I'm going st- to start golf at home. I'm going to try to get away from him on the road, I think. And Gurley, I'm going to start every week. But just like, it's not, they're not the same. They're not what they were. You know, would you would you would you like to sell weeks, high yeah. on Todd Gurley, Adam? I don't know if I'd he is a sell high. Curious to hear Chris's thoughts. Well, look, I, I think he's a I, no. I me too, actually. I, mean, I think on, he's a solid. Uh, let me just make my point. I think he's a solid number two running back. I do. I just don't think because like he's going to get work and he's going to score. And uh, he was involved in the passing game. That's nice. But I don't think the guy people like me who who drafted Todd Gurley and thought. Oh my gosh! I just won the league because I got him in this in the late second round, and he's going to be amazing. I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, Goff has uh, he has attempted nine deep passes this season. That's five two percent of his total attempts. That is two percent lower than Joe Flacco, who Yikes. is uh, the second most cowardly quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> but can we? Can we maybe see a scenario where four games into the season it doesn't look good, but is it possible the Rams just figure things out? They flip a switch. They don't have a bye for another four weeks, I think. But, you know, like, couldn't they get on track? It's not – they are the Rams. They've been, for two years, one of the best offenses in football, so maybe they can find it. Yeah, there's enough talent in that passing game the three wide receivers but also Gerald Everett looked okay Todd Gurley finally showed something uh in the passing game this week that I think they'll be better than they have been so far in the passing game so 
while I don't disagree necessarily that, that Goff is a sell, if someone drops him and he's available for that week six game against the 49ers, I wouldn't be opposed to adding him as a streamer, depending on you know who's on by that week. All right, so we're gonna the, the second sell for Chris uh, for Will rather was Wayne Gallman. Jamie talked a lot about him on the Sunday show. He's about to face Minnesota and New England, and look, look he catches six passes. That's pretty nice. He could be an RB two, but now his value is not going to be higher than it is right now for Wayne Gallman. Um, all right, if you're if you yeah. just 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 really quickly, if uh-huh. you own Wayne if you own Wayne Gallman and you don't didn't own Saquon Barkley, get something from the Saquon Barkley owner for Wayne Gallman. He will give it to you. Make that trade. Make it happen. That can happen on Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning. Hammer that thing out and get it done and get Gallman off your team. Cool. Uh, hey, also, get some pizza. Have you ordered a pizza online from Little Caesars yet? If not, you're missing out on Pizza Portal Pickup. What is Pizza Portal Pickup? It's like getting a pizza right out of the oven. You walk in, you enter a code on the portal, a door opens, and you're off with your favorite pizza. And whatever pizza you order, it'll have crazy, crazy amounts of toppings. It's fun. Give it a try. But it's only available at Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Here we go, baby. Stats time. Hit that synth, baby. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do we got for the for the people today? Yeah, I, w- something that we we mentioned in the the first couple of segments of this version of the show earlier in the season was that Dallas has been using play action a ton uh, through the first three games. They were second in percent of their passes that had come on play action and. We saw what that did for Dak Prescott. He was arguably, uh, was he the number one fantasy quarterback through three weeks? I don't think Definitely so. Definitely in the discussion. It was Mah- Mahomes, Prescott, and Lamar Jackson. Well, Jackson didn't do great in week three, so it was probably either Mahomes or Prescott. And we know Dak Prescott obviously was disappointing in week four. It was a 12-10 final score between them and the Saints. Not exactly what we would have hoped for coming into the season in that game. They used play action just 20% of the time in week four half as often i'm not sure what led to that i don't know if because th- th- again this is a team we i've said it all season this is a team that wants to establish the run and the best way to use the p- the passing game if you're going to have that identity is going to be in that play action because play action passing generally is more efficient and it has been for this team so it was really disappointing to see that hopefully it's just a one game blip maybe the saints were doing something specific to slow it down, it just wasn't as effective. But if that becomes more of a trend, if we see that in week five, that they're not using play action as much, that might be concerning for me as, as someone who was hoping Dak could just be my weekly starter. I will let you know about this. Sheldon Rankins returned yesterday for the Saints. And last year with Rankins, they gave up, well, all year last year, the Saints allowed the fewest yards per carry to running backs, 3.17 yards per carry. They allowed the third fewest fantasy points to running backs, and they just held Ezekiel Elliott to two yards per carry on 18 carries. So it could have just been, hey, they couldn't run the ball. And when you can't run the ball, maybe play action's not quite as good. But that's something, it's a good stat. It's something to keep in mind going forward. Um, all right, give me another quarterback stat. How about that Stafford stat? Did you give the Stafford stat? I did not give the Stafford stat during that discussion. Here's the Stafford stat. He leads the NFL in deep attempts with 31. Kenny Galladay also leads the NFL in deep passes thrown to him at 13. Uh, Matthew Stafford has the highest deep passing rate in the season in the league at 22%. Last season, he had the second lowest. So I think partially this is a result of 
maybe some change in personnel. You know, they they don't have uh, Theo Riddick for those short pass attempts. They don't have Golden Tate uh, in the middle of the field. Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Kenny Galladay are all guys who are really athletic and can make plays down the field. So that could be what we're seeing with Matthew Stafford that's driving his, uh, you know, what we talked about earlier in the season, his, his improved play. Right. I, I also think I would add, too, that the, uh, the whole not playing with a broken back thing matters. If you look at his stats from last year, that sounds like sarcasm, but I really, I mean, seriously, like his stats from last year, he fell off a cliff and he was a check down Charlie who just had nothing down the field. And I think you can see a major difference in the way that he's playing now and the, his ability to drive the ball. Kenny Galladay's coming to his own. I, I think it just makes a world of difference. And really, this should have been an even better game. As I mentioned yesterday, it was just such a bad overturn on that touchdown, that Galladay touchdown in the back of the end zone. I mean, that was such a catch to me. And I know it's to the announcer, Charles Davis, I believe. He was saying, like, everybody watching at home says that's catch, and they overturned it. So on the next play, he fumbled or he was picked off. And that's a you were big mad. I was really mad. Big mad that that one. Fa- did you say fake mad? No, big mad. Oh, I was big mad. That's an eight-point swing for Matthew Stafford from what became a what was a touchdown became an, a turnover. That's an eight-point swing, and really bothered me. And it, it, you know, it might cost me a week. We'll see. If it does, then you know, it's a nice excuse I have. But uh, yeah, that was annoying. Anyway, he could have had an even better game. And he could have had a better game against the Eagles, as Dave Richard kept pointing out, because there were some drop touchdowns in that game. We're going to take a look at some snap counts. This is what I learned about uh, about uh, Revenge of the Nerds. So in that clip that I always play, that's Revenge of the Nerds. And then there's Lamar, who starts singing. I don't know if I've gotten to that part of the clip yet. But I was looking for a Daniel Jones... and Anything pop culture that could be like... That, that could work for a Daniel Jones drop. So I thought I would go to the karate kid, right? Find a famous Daniel and try to get like the you're the best quote, which is this. Right? And then just play that every time Daniel Jones played. But then as I was watching, this is going to blow your mind. You were watching him play yesterday and you realized it didn't fit? Correct. (laughs) Correct. I was watching this karate kid clip. And Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds is in the You're the Best montage. He's like one of the first guys that Daniel LaRusso fights, and he beats him very quickly. And I was like, no way. So I just totally got my 80s on when I was watching that. Is, but is, <laughs> is that a Lamar Jackson thing, or are you just making a random movie reference? No, it's a, it was a Daniel jo- It's a Revenge of the Nerds thing. I play the Revenge of the Nerds theme every time Chris gives his stats. And then I was like trying to get a Daniel Jones drop, and then I saw the guy from Revenge of the Nerds is in Karate Kid, and nobody ever knew that until me. Can we get the cool story Hansel drop from <laughs> Julian for that one? It's such a bad or, story. Or, or what if we do the uh, the Billy Madison? <laughs> like, I'm now dumber for for everything you said. Yes, and may that God have mercy on you. I want you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. But next drop. time you watch the, the next time you watch the Karate Kid, and they start playing, you're the best. You're gonna be like, oh, that is the guy from Revenge of the Earth. Okay, Chris. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just play the song instead of the instead of the girl screaming? Be like, you're the best. <laughs> because he said, oh, she says, Daniel, you're the best. That's the point. She says, Daniel, and I think that this whole Danny Dimes thing. 
is just the worst. It's a terrible what? nickname. What? We got to stop forcing nicknames. Yeah, Danny Dimes is a terrible got, nickname. Adam, I've got bad news. I have very bad news for you. If you think Danny Dimes is the worst, you really need to listen to what you're saying right now. <laughs> no, it's a terrible story. <laughs> I know it's terrible. You guys just, are... Why do we have to force nicknames on people? Why did we decide we, we need to do this in 2019? No, you guys are just too young for the story, I think, about the about Revenge of the Nerds. But um, you're definitely the, you're definitely the are you the younger, no, I'm I'm older than you are, aren't I? Yeah, but I have I have my siblings are really are a lot older than me. So Adam's I'm, older I'm than 80s, me. Too. I'm an 80s child. Uh, let's go to the snaps here. Uh, tell me about New England and what we saw from White, Michelle, and Burkhead. Yeah, James White played 52% of the snaps. Sony Michelle played 45%. Burkett was only out there for 18. Obviously, he wasn't going to play as much as he did the previous week. But, you know, he came into the week. Was it a foot injury that he was dealing with this week? So it's not totally surprising that he had a limited role. But it just goes to show that in Bill Belichick's backfield, you cannot predict anything. Yeah, well, right. I think the injury may have played a part there, but what I'm really looking at is how bad Sony Michelle has been. Two point yes. eight yards per carry. He was he was the man in the playoffs. Will he had twenty four, twenty nine, and eighteen carries. He averaged one hundred and twelve rushing yards per game. He averaged four point seven yards per carry in the playoffs. He helped them win a Super Bowl, and now he's like really bad, not catching any passes, which isn't a surprise. But you know, if you're a Sony Michelle owner, how are you feeling right now? Oh, you're panicking. Uh, and understandably so. He hadn't looked very sharp. You know, I do wonder. I mean, like, we're sort of sleeping on the fact that, like, didn't he have a knee scope right before the season? Mm -hmm. yep, yep. You know, they've been dealing with injuries on the offensive line, so they're kind of trying to get it right together. And if you remember the Patriots, I mean, look, the Patriots have a ton of titles, but they have never been a team with the rare exception of, like, a Corey Dillon situation that just comes out guns blazing with one feature back pounding it down you know everybody's throat i mean typically speaking they try and find their footing in the early part of the season and i think they're doing that with sony michelle i also think guys that when you look at um what what's going on with the patriots they have the best defense in football maybe the best defense bill belichick's ever had i believe that and they are in games where they're just up big against terrible teams so far and so I don't think they want to feed Sony Michelle in these games. I think they want to try to get Rex Burkhead the, the ball. And it was just tough to run against Buffalo. That defense is awesome. Uh, the, the offense as a whole wasn't very good. I would say Sony Michelle is a buy low, but you need to be in a good spot three and, you know, uh, I, I guess like four and oh, three and one, where you can put him on your team at a, at a cheaper cost and then hope that he really starts to warm up down the stretch. Because I think he's a guy who's a, a league winner if he can play well in the playoffs. But I don't know that he's going to be like a rock-solid RB2 week in and week out. One thing that I will say is last season, there were 49 running backs who had at least 100 carries. According to Sports Info Solutions, he was 33rd in yards uh, after contact per attempt out of 49 and 44th in broken tackle percentage. So mm -hmm. he wasn't making a lot happen on his own. Now, that that's not necessarily – that doesn't translate from one year to the next perfectly. There's a lot of fluctuation in that. and. There's also like it's easier to break a tackle if you're at full speed than it is if you get hit in the backfield. So there's different things that, that, that go into that. But he might maybe he's I don't know, maybe he's just not that good yet. Well, I think I think that's a fair question. I mean, they drafted a running back in the third round. They've also lost their starting center, a very good player. They've lost their starting fullback, a very good fullback. I'm too concerned about Sony Michelle to buy low, quite frankly. It would have to be super low. It would have to be someone like Carlos Hyde. 
for Sony Michelle or something like that. Um, and I think the other reason is he's completely uninvolved in the passing game, which is a bad thing. And I'm not so sure Rex Burkhead doesn't get seven, eight carries next week. You know, it could have completely been injury related that he had one touch at Buffalo in week four. He was certainly trending in the right direction, Rex Burkhead. So I still think he's a guy to look at on the waiver wire at 64% owned. Chris, tell me about the Chiefs backfield. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, LaShawn McCoy, even with Damian Williams out, has still been getting a uh, partial workload, 46% of the snaps. In week four, Daryl Williams was actually at 51%, so he got more work than McCoy, and I think that might have been the case in week three as well. Now, we thought that might have been just because of the ankle for McCoy, but you know, even if uh, you know Damian Williams comes back, it's possible he, if Damian Williams comes back, he could still factor in and be in a timeshare with LaShawn McCoy rather than, as I think some people might have been concerned with, LaShawn McCoy kind of running away with the job. What I find so strange yeah, about know, this, guys, well, I'll, I'll just oh, sorry, let, let me just give you the breakdown, Will, right? It's like this was the second straight week that McCoy basically didn't play down the stretch. And the first week, you know, week three, it was the ankle. But this week, I don't know. I had I didn't read anything. I didn't see anything about the ankle. I have to see if there's any anything that we get before Tuesday's show. But he had one carry um, on the with nine sixteen left in the fourth quarter. And that was it for McCoy. The game-winning drive was all Daryl Williams. He had four touches. Daryl Williams had four touches, including the game-winning touchdown. So I, it was like the last drive of the game kind of skewed the, not maybe snap count, but definitely the final stats in terms of touches. It was McCoy had 13 and Williams well, had 11. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, Daryl Williams is just flat out a better pass-catching running back than LaShawn McCoy right now. He's more, uh, might be more explosive. I mean, Daryl Williams is a good, he's a, He's a poor man's Damian Williams, or a, I don't know, or a average, same man Damian Williams. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to really discern the difference. I mean, this is the beauty of what Andy Reid's constructed. They're plugging guys in and playing guys uh, as needed. And I think the, he trusts Daryl Williams. The the two, I would say, the Chiefs were coming back late, right? That final drive. So I mean, obviously, you're going to have the guy uh, who's a little bit more explosive, a little bit healthier. Um, you know. You don't want to try and run shady to the ground early in the season either. And I think Daryl Williams is sort of their primary pass catching back. And that was the case then, uh, as long as Damian's out, of course. The other thing, though, that's interesting, Daryl Williams had two touchdowns, and they were both one-score touchdowns. So he was getting the goal line work for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a big freaking deal. We'll see if that's still the case when Damian Williams comes back. But it's not like Damian is some workhorse red zone guy. I mean, he's a, he's a scat back, too. So... I don't know that Daryl Williams is going to necessarily go away. By the way, both on CBSSports.com and on the Kansas City Chiefs website, Damian Williams and Daryl Williams are both listed at 5'11", 224. It's very helpful. <laughs> I One know. That needs to lose some weight. Like make, make it harder to tell them apart, please. Um, all right, so uh, it, it, I'll give you one more backfield. Well, you know what? Let me, let me ask a general question right now. How much do you really care about backfield time shares like should we just be looking at touches at this point not snaps it depends there are some players who can get a significant amount of playing time on a relatively small or a significant amount of touches on a relatively small snap share someone like sony michelle someone like derrick henry who has a defined role but that's not necessarily the kind of player that we're super interested in so when i look at like josh jacobs for instance here's another team he played 54% of their snaps this week. Jalen Richard was at 28. 
Uh, Andre Washington was at 19. Well, this was, I don't know what to make of Oakland. They came in, they invest a first round pick in Josh Jacobs and DeAndre Washington's getting more playing time than he got last year. How does that make any sense? Well, Josh Jacobs has still gotten a decent amount of touches, but he's not getting that passing games work that we were hoping we would see. And if Richard and Washington are coming in and spelling him on passing downs, that's going to limit Josh Jacobs' upside, even if he does get 15 carries, because he's going to need to score a touchdown in order to really have a good fantasy week. Yeah, um, and one of the other things, too, I don't know if you know it won't go down. I haven't seen the box score to see who got it. I would guess that it's on uh, David Carr for the fumble. But I, maybe, tell me if Josh Jacobs got it. But there was a miscommunication on a handoff um, and, and, a, and a bad fumble that nearly got the Colts right back into that game. And John Gruden did not look happy with his rookie running back. And so you sort of wonder, you know, was that was that whole like we're going to play him all the time thing, just total smoke. And in reality, they are, uh, you know, they're they're more open to a, a timeshare. I would I would sell Josh Jacobs if, I, if, if, if he has a big game. He's not going to have a big game this week. Maybe wait till after the bye and see if he has one big game. I try and sell him because I don't think they're fully committed to him as the feature back. I think they are in terms of the running downs. I mean, he had yeah, seventeen but but carries, they stink, and they just lost their best linebacker. Well, yeah, that was disgusting, by the way. But um, How, I mean, like, they, no, no, I mean, they you're were right. Up, they you're... were up. They were up uh, ten to fourteen points in the first quarter against the Colts, who don't have a great defense. And their primary running back still only saw fifty percent of the snaps. That doesn't make any sense. Well, they should be he's feeding not, him. And I mean, yeah. he got seventeen. He got seventeen carries. And two carries. That's what Did I'm up. talking about. Like he had nineteen touches in this game. I, but, I I just think you have to basically when you look at Josh Jacobs, you have to predict the game script, and that's it's not right. going to be I'm good you that going they forward. They had a game script that would indicate they would feed the running game and pound the ball downhill, and he didn't even have twenty carries. He had seventeen also, carries. Like, what? You know how many carries that is? If he if he averaged seventeen carries per game, he'd be among the right. league leaders. But he's not, not going to. No, he's 17. not. I I right. agree with Will that as beneficial a game flow as you probably are going to see for them until right. week eleven. That's I agree. Game, I agree. By, uh, versus Chicago by at Green Bay, at Houston, versus Detroit, versus the Chargers, and then they get the Bengals at home in week eleven. Is week eleven's the the only game that I would think they'll definitely be favored in in that stretch. Yeah, they, I don't even know that they will be again if if AJ Green's back. But I, no, I mean, look, I I think some of those games, Houston Chargers, I, maybe they won't get blown out at all. But I agree, it's a shame that Jacobs is not involved at all in the passing game. He did have two catches for twenty nine yards. That was actually a step in the right direction. But I, I think that obviously the game script is important. And not only that, we we didn't hate him going into this week because the the Colts run defense had been really bad this year and they were without Darius Leonard and they were without Malik Hooker. So it just made sense for him to have a good week. And I got to tell you, he had a good week. He had over 100 total yards, but he just didn't score. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's let's read some emails to finish the show here. And before we do that, let's talk about SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? They don't care about you. They don't care about the customer experience. It's an annoying site. They don't even have the events you want. That is status quo. But if ticket sites actually cared, it could be really easy. And SeatGeek makes it really easy with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. SeatGeek proves there's a better way. By the way, please use the promo code FFT and get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Promo code is FFT. There are more than 50,000 five-star reviews. 
for SeatGeek, it's amazing. That's customer satisfaction. It pulls together millions of tickets from all over the, over the web, rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and displays them on an interactive map, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. And it's the first and usually the last place I go to for tickets because I always find what I'm looking for, and I always find great deals on SeatGeek. So download the SeatGeek app. You'll get 10 bucks off your first purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app and use the code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. That's promo code FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Time for some emails here. Oh, we have a Facebook group that you need to be in because we're giving away another T-shirt. And this week's contest, Draft Day Pet Peeves. Oh, I hate when there's one person in the draft that critiques every pick. He goes, reach, reach. Shut up. Shut up, dude. You, didn't, you do it, that. I hate the I, I hate the let the auction clock run down to one second on a player that you know you're going <laughs> to bid on. Just bid. All right? Stop with the the, the gamesmanship. No, and just make I disagree. Bid. I disagree. <laughs> because you can, you can get in somebody's head and make them think, oh, he doesn't really want to go that exactly. high. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I hate? What do you hate? I hate that lifetime contract we gave Gus Johnson. I love it. Come I on. You are on the clock. Going once. Our old, <laughs> just our go old. away, Gus. Yo, you didn't even know that Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds was in Karate Kid. You have no credibility here. All right, let's read emails. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. This is from Alec. Dear Crazy, Lazy, Busy, and Wish. Come on, Chris. You know that. I don't. Uh, I don't either. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm aware. I just didn't know their name. Oh, is it? Oh, Bone Brothers. I don't know. American hip-hop duo composed of the Bone Thugs. Yeah, that's Bone Thugs in Harmony. Oh, is that Bone, Bone Thugs in Harmony? Yeah, I guess that those are the Bone Thugs. Okay, I have both Eckler and Melvin Gordon. <laughs> what do I do? Should I trade one of them or keep them both as injury insurance? Uh, here's what I was thinking. Try to trade Austin Eckler for A.J. Green. We got some bad news on AJ Green that it could be a couple more weeks after this one, but I still think Melvin Gordon's going to get most of the Melvin Gordon work, which is going to be 15 to 18 touches. I think Eckler's going to get, you know, 8 to 12 every week. But if I could go to the the person who has AJ Green, offer them Austin Eckler as someone who can contribute to their team right now and get AJ Green in two or three weeks, I think that'd be really cool. I don't think I would want to do that. I don't mind the idea of buying low yeah i would i just think i would hold on to eckler right now he's still viable in ppr he's still viable in regular season in your regular leagues and if something happens to melvin gordon he's a top 10 rb so i, I just i want to see how melvin gordon's incorporated and, and if he can stay healthy before i'm before i'm moving along i'm gonna give this one to chris this is from joshua i picked up will disley this week to supplement george kittle disley's put up monster numbers the past three weeks but i have no idea how long that'll last I'd hate to pr- propose a two tight end strategy, but is Disley worth keeping in a flex spot or should I look to flip him for someone like David Montgomery? Yes. Yeah. I'm not a huge David Montgomery fan, but the bears finally do seem to be, I know everybody was grousing about week three, but they like him. They're going to use him. I don't have much question about that. So it's really just a question of whether he can get going. It's an open question, but I would rather have him than Disley for sure. Will, this one's for you. This is from Andy. Should I trade Mike Evans for Saquon Barkley? I have Evans, Julio Jones, Josh Gordon, John Brown, MVS, Deshaun Jackson, and A.J. Green. 
I'm light at running back with Carrion Johnson, James White, Matt Breida, and Devin Singletary. Should I trade Evans for Saquon Barkley? Yes, I'm making a move for Saquon Barkley using a guy like Mike Evans. I think one of the things we've seen is Jameis Winston likes to lock in on one target on a week-to-week basis, and that means I think Evans is going to be an up-and-down player throughout the rest of the season. Saquon Barkley is one of those dudes who's an athletic freak, and it's all the buzz you hear right now is that he will be back sooner than anyone expects from that high ankle sprain. Giants have won two straight games with Daniel Jones. I think there's some momentum there. Saquon wants to be a part of it. I think he's going to be back in like two or three weeks. And so if you flip Evans for Barkley, it's a steal uh, from the panicked Barkley owner. That's absurd. Well, <laughs> like Mike Evans is the number five wide receiver in fantasy right now. We're, we're aware of this, right? Well, I actually wasn't, but I guess that makes sense. It's all, it's mostly one game though. Like he just had, but he just had 89 yards and a touchdown in a Chris Godwin game. Yeah. Mostly one catch though. Man, he's gonna get that, that game was weird. It's a lot. It's a lot to give up for Saquon Barkley. Like I can't just assume that Barkley's gonna be back in two to three weeks. He could be out for five more weeks. Well, maybe the Buccaneers will average fifty-five points the rest of the season. Maybe they will. Uh, all right, we're gonna let Will go uh, because he is his audio's. We're starting to lose him a little bit. So this is our last one. This is from Mitch. Good day from Melbourne, Australia, fellas. I am the Godwin and Evans owner. I have trouble choosing who to start each week when I should probably start both. I'm thinking of authoring either Godwin or Evans for Tyreek Hill. Chris, would you recommend this trade? Is it a good idea? It doesn't sound like Tyreek Hill is going to be back this week, week five. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be back week six. And so I'm just not sure he's going to be better than those guys when he's back. You you would probably bet on it, but if he misses two more games, I'm not sure that gap is going to be worth closing. I do think you should just start Evans and, and Godwin together. They're both top five fantasy wide receivers this season. Wow. Wow. Okay. I would not trade. Do not trade for Tyreek Hill. Look at that. His but audio's cutting out and he doesn't care. He's like, get me in there. Why wouldn't you do that? Because I was thinking I would do that. I, I think when you look at everything surrounding this Tyreek Hill injury, it sounded originally like he was going to be back quickly. And now the buzz surrounding Tyreek Hill is that he could be out multiple weeks. Same thing with AJ Green. It's get, timeline's getting pushed back. I would be concerned about it. The Chiefs can win without him, and they might try and push it back as long as they can so he is ready for the playoffs. Give me the guys who are producing right now at a high level. Okay. Yeah, I think the most recent was he could return in two weeks, but they won't rush uh, Tyreek Hill. All right. Well, for more terrible stories... Make sure you listen to tomorrow's show. Now I'm done. I'm just going to save those for Mondays. Tomorrow we'll do the waiver wire. You know how it works. We'll talk to you then. For Chris and for Will, I'm Adam Azer. See you later, everybody.